somebody no one stronger no one higher than him amen thank you Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus we thank you for your power we thank you that you are strong you are mighty hallelujah thank you Jesus we lift you up, God. We thank you, God, for miracles in this place. God, for signs and wonders to be released in this house, oh God. God, that you would not duplicate anything. We didn't want anything, a repeat of anything. We want something new. We want fresh, fresh and anew. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Yes, God. 
We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, oh God. We thank you, God. Thank you that you're here, oh God. We exalt your name, oh God. God, we've come with open hearts, ready to receive. God, ready, God, for what you, whatever you want to do, God, that you would do it today. God, we just thank you for turnaround. We thank you, God, for miracles. We thank you for breakthrough, oh God, in every life, Lord Jesus. Oh, we exalt you. We lift you up, oh God. We thank you, Jesus. God, you are awesome in this place. Lord, we lift you up. We thank you, God, that you are an on-time God. God, that even though it may not come when we think you should, that you are always there on time. Lord, we come this morning, oh God, not cast down, not discouraged, not depressed. God, but knowing who our Lord is, yes. knowing that you are strong, that you are mighty in battle. God, and we just thank you and we honor you that this is the day that you have made, oh God. God, that we have praise in our heart, praise on our lips, oh God. We're going to be glad. We're going to rejoice in this day, oh God. We thank you, God, for your promises for us, for your promises for this nation, oh God. God, for turnaround in our city, our community, oh God. Lord, I just thank you even for our families, God, that you would just begin to uh, move on them, oh God. Move on their, on their heart, on their behalf, oh God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord Jesus for what you've done, God, for what you're going to do, oh God. We thank you, Jesus. God, for that you, word says that you make a way when there seems to be no way. God, and those of us that feel that we're shut in, that we're closed in, God, we thank you that we can remind ourselves and encourage ourselves in you today. God, and know that you're going to make a way for us. We know, God, that you've got promotion for us. So, oh God, for those that are seeking a job, we thank you for better jobs. God, we thank you for open doors. God, for finances to come. God, for there to be a flow. God, of, of finances and increase and in every aspect, God, in every area of our life, oh God, that we would succeed. God, we thank you, Jesus. God, that you know what we have need of before we even come to you, Lord. God, you already have the provision. You've already made provision for every need, for every situation, oh God. God, we thank you that today we're going to be changed. I thank you, God, that you're turning things around today. Amen. I wish we had about two or three people in the building this morning that would help me pray and believe and declare that God has called us to be the head and not the tail. Amen. God, we thank you that we are above and not beneath, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, God, that we're on the winning side. God, that no matter what battle, no matter what war that we are in today, that we are winning. We are going to win. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, turn to somebody and say, no greater. Oh, yeah. We come to lift you up. Hallelujah. We come to praise him today. Amen. I've seen many places and many faces I've come to know Times I've celebrated, sweet drink I've tasted They come and go But there was a treasure born without measure Over the earth, a light so bright Shines the brightest light of the world. No greater, no greater than God. 
salvation still comes from you. No one more forgiving. No one more forgiving. No one more healing. No one more healing. No one more true. Your love is a treasure. Your love is a treasure. Born without measure. distractions of the enemy to be magnified but David said oh magnify the Lord with me and what he meant by that was that it's not making him bigger it's really seeing how big he is because he is great yes. oh he's stronger he's a mighty God yes he is they come to praise him say if he's greater, if he's greater let him be great if he's strong let him be stronger Let him be stronger. Let him be stronger. If he's higher, let him be higher. 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 Let
turn to somebody next to you this morning and tell them. Said I searched all over. Come on, tell somebody else. Search all over. I searched all over. I searched all over. I searched all over. So there's nothing like there's nothing like being free 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 come on sing it out today there's nothing like there's nothing like no Come on, sing it again. There's nothing like being free. There's nothing like being free. 
there's nothing like being free. Come on, one more time, just sing it out. There's nothing like there's nothing like being free. Me out. You 
across an ocean so I wouldn't drown. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. You are Jaira. You are enough. Come on, you know it. Sing it to him. Jaira. You are enough. So I will be I will be content in every, in every circumstance. Cause you are, Jaira, you are enough. Forever enough, always enough, you're more than enough. Forever enough, always enough, more than enough. I don't want to forget how I feel right now on the mountaintop I can see so clear what it's all about so stay by my side till the sun goes down don't want to forget how I feel right now you are Jaira you are you are enough if you feel to come down to the altar, please feel free. Jaira, you are enough. So I will be, so I will be content in every circumstance. Every circumstance. You are Jaira, you are enough. Forever enough, always enough. You're more than enough. Can you tell them that today? Forever enough, always enough, more than enough. I'm already loved, I'm already chosen. I know who I am, cause I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved, more than I could imagine. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved. Already loved. More than I could imagine. More than I could imagine. That is, that is enough. Yeah, we're gonna sing it again. I'm already loved. I'm already loved. Already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I I could imagine. That is enough. That is. That is Sing it out. That is enough. That is. That, that is enough. enough. 
And I will be content in every circumstance. You are. You are. You are enough. I will be content in every circumstance. You are. Everything we need. You are enough. Yeah. Come on, just lift your hands right now. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you're doing, oh God. We thank you for your presence. God, we ask that you would just come at a greater level. God, we're so hungry for you. We thank you that you are everything that we need. You are our source. You're our hope. You're our joy. God, everything, oh God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. stand still whenever I'm with you no other place to go there's no rush I'm not in a hurry it's okay to take it slow minutes turning into hours doesn't really matter I just want you
God, we're hungry for you, God. God, we just want you. It's why we came today, because we want you. God, fill us up with your power. Fill us up, oh God, fill us up. We want more of you, God. We just want you, Lord. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. We just want you. Just want you. We just want you, Lord. Just want you. Nothing else matters to be in your presence. Holy Spirit, take over. Have your way. We yield to you. I just want you. Nothing compares Nothing comes close. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, we just thank you that you are here. We thank you, God, for your power. God, that's here, that you are filling us up, that you are here to set us free, to break every yoke of bondage, oh God. We thank you that this is a turning point. We thank you, God, that you are more than enough. God, that we don't have to be cast down, oh God. We don't have to live in fear, but today we rise above that. We thank you, God, that you are turning situations around. We thank you that this is a day, God, of breakthrough. God, we thank you that this is a day of power. Oh God, we just surrender all to you this morning. We thank you, God, that you are in this place to bring transformation in Jesus' mighty name. Today is Communion Sunday. I'm going to welcome Pastors Marcus, Pastor Marquise. They're going to come um, and lead us in communion this morning. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise team, you may be seated. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, praise team. I felt that this morning. Amen. So, you know, sometimes when I'm wrestling with the kids, I don't always really feel it. But the kids were still doing their crazy thing back then. And I still, I, I felt it. I almost wanted to cry. <laughs> and I don't even really know why. Something just kind of hit me. I kind of felt a little shift. <clears throat> you know, I asked all week, you know, for God to just show up and show out. And sometimes you just really, you know, don't feel everything you think you should be feeling. 
But when it shows up, it shows up. I say, man, if I'm feeling like this, it must be an open heaven or something. So, you know, first thing I'm going to do, I'm just going to pray for my friends and my family for salvation. Lord, if you, you open a heaven like that, that's my dearest prayer. It's for salvation for friends and family, first and foremost. Then I start praying for myself, uh, you know, acceleration in my business. Then I start, you know, if it's open heaven, you know, peace, peace in my household. Just, I just felt it this morning. Even, even though them little critters was acting up, I kept going to them, but mm, something kept hitting me. Even though they was doing everything they was doing, it didn't really affect me this morning. Then when Miss Anita started singing about that sparrow, man, me and my wife was talking about sparrows yesterday at lunch. She said, that's a finch. I said, that's not a finch. That's too big to be a finch. That's a sparrow. And she looked it up on her phone and said, oh, you're right. It's a sparrow. I was like, I know I was right. You know, but <laughs> dear Lord, I'm sorry. Let me get back. Okay, so we think about communion. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, I guess the, the first communion with Jesus and the disciples. They were doing the, the Passover celebration. And then, you know, Jesus started saying things like, you know, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, you know, take this wine. It's my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Break the bread. It's my body that's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And at the time the disciples were doing that, they could remember everything that Jesus, they had seen him done. They could, we're going to do this in remembrance of Christ. All the miracles he's done, all the, the demons he's cast out, all the miracles he's performed, we're going to do this in his remembrance. But they couldn't really remember when he died on the cross because it hadn't happened yet. So they couldn't really put into place their salvation. And all throughout the New Testament, a lot of times, Jesus was telling them, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to go down. <laughs> and the disciples were murmuring to themselves, oh, we, we don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. And even after, uh, you know, the, the Last Supper and even after the crucifixion, the disciples still didn't really get it. Because if they got it even before that, Peter wouldn't have been denying him on a, He wouldn't have been denying him three times. When he came, uh, when he was resurrected and he went to Galilee, you know, they wouldn't have been doubting. You know, Thomas wouldn't have been doubting. He wouldn't have had to been showing the hands. If they really understood the Last Supper and the communion that was happening right now, there wouldn't have been any doubt. But today, we had a place beyond that. Because we've seen the resurrection. We, we've heard the testimonies. Amen. So at this time, when we get ready to take communion, and uh, the, the ushers, you can come forward at this time. I'm going to read to you a little bit from Acts chapter 2. 38 through 47, I'm going to hop in the middle. This is something that I kind of never spoke of when I talked about communion, but it kind of it kind of hit me this morning. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread communion, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread, communion, 
from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. There's a singleness. There was a oneness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. What was happening in the early church was a spirit of selflessness. When we get ready to do this communion, we should have a spirit of selflessness. We should be putting others before ourselves. And this, they were sharing everything with each other. So when we come forward today, we should have that spirit of selflessness. When Christ died on the cross, it was a selfless act. He didn't have to do it. He said, cup, he said you know, God, if you could pass, take this cup away from me, you know, take it away. Otherwise, you know, your will be done. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have anything to gain. He was already God. He was already God. Came down, you know, in human form in the flesh, but he was already God. He already had everything he needed. He didn't have to do it. But it was a selfless act for him to die on the cross for our sins. When I go to uh, 1 Corinthians, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you came together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. They weren't coming to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone take it before other his own supper. They weren't waiting for everybody. They weren't tarrying. They say, it's time for the Lord's Supper. We're going to eat before everybody get here, and that's just what we're going to do. They didn't have that spirit of selflessness. Some of them were coming because, you know, they were hungry. We are hungry. We're going to go to the Lord's Supper because not, not that we remember what God has done for us, but we're just hungry and we want to eat. Some people were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. They said, well, they're going to have free wine. Let me drink as much as I can. This is, what, this is what Paul is rebuking them on right here. For in eating, everyone take it before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have ye not housed to eat and to drink in, or, or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. I jump down to verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. This should not be the only time that we're taking communion, church. Should not be the only time. We should be doing that at our house. I took communion earlier this week. I wasn't feeling good. I said, man, let me take some communion. Let me get some of this bread and you know, some water. I'm just, I'm going to take some communion because I need to do something symbolic, a little something extra to just remember all that God has done for me. And as I took that bread and that water, I was saying to myself everything that I needed God to do for me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's debt till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, 
when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another, wait for one another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home. And ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So with that being said, you guys can come forward and receive your communion. Come and get it at this time. But let's do it with a spirit of selflessness. Let's not be doing this to get drunk. Let's not be doing this because we're hungry. <laughs> Let's remember why we're doing this. Amen. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless everyone in this room. Lord, we ask for forgiveness, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your selflessness, Lord, and dying on the cross for our sins, Lord, when you didn't have to do it, but you loved us so much, Lord. You loved us more than a sparrow, Lord. You created us in your image, Lord, just a little below the angels. Dear Heavenly Father, we bless your holy name, Lord. We pray that your Holy Spirit fills this place continues to fill this place and jumps into the, the belly of the speaker this morning, Lord, so that we can hear a fresh and new word from you. All this we ask in your name. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see you all here today. Thank you, Pastor Marcus, for leading us in communion. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. And I love what he said. This shouldn't be the only time you do it. He said earlier this week he received communion at home. You know, get you some communion. Order it. You can order it online. Have it there at your house and when you need, or if you don't have that, I know during uh, the pandemic, we all improvised. We used crackers and Kool-Aid, and we used Capri Sun, because we always keep Capri Suns for the grandkids. Whatever we had, we improvised. And, um, 
and, and as long as we're doing this unto the Lord, but we never, never want to take for granted the sacrifice that he made. Amen. Thank you again, Pastor Marcus, for sharing, sharing your heart. We have got a church of amazing people. We love you all. We appreciate you all. I appreciate so much the prayer times that are happening on Wednesday nights led by Mary Bangs. Uh, what a blessing. And I know that you had a great crowd again this past Wednesday night. And God's doing amazing things. I encourage you to make it a part of your schedule. You might say, well, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of busy on Wednesday nights. Push everything else aside. You know that last song that we sang? Such a powerful song. I, I told my son yesterday, I said, I don't even know if I can get through that song. Every time I listen to it, I just break out crying. Especially that second verse that Maddox so beautifully did the solo on. Proud grandmother moment. Um, Lord, forgive us for getting too busy. Not making you the priority. We get so busy in life. Lord, forgive us. I could sure get used to being in your presence. I could get used to this, sitting at your feet, letting your Holy Spirit just bathe me. There is nothing, nothing like the presence of the Lord, nothing like being there. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been busy this week getting a lot of things tied up for schedules for upcoming events. I'm so excited about many upcoming events that we have. Several of the ladies from out here Come and drive out to Gonzales to be with us for our, our monthly ladies' luncheons. We had a great one this past Monday. Great time to be together with the ladies and to let the Holy Spirit move and minister and the teaching coming forth. If you're available, our next ladies' luncheon in Gonzales will be on the 19th of this month. We invite you to come and be with us for that. But in October, just about three weeks after that, on October the 8th, Saturday, we're having a ladies' luncheon right here. Um, I, I, I will finalize the venue and uh, all the details this week, but it's probably going to be right here at this church, catered by Zia's Restaurant. And um, we've got our friend, Dr. Tracy Mitchell, will be ministering on Saturday and then also on Sunday. If I can find another venue, we'll go somewhere else just so we don't have to set up and clean up afterwards because that's a little challenging on a Saturday when we are preparing for our Sunday services. But if we don't find a venue, then we're going to have it right here. But this week I'll be able, I'm hoping, I'm waiting on replies. I keep emailing and calling and leaving messages, so hopefully this week we'll have all the details finalized. Our Christmas banquet this year is going to be at a restaurant by, uh, that's owned by a friend of ours in our ministry for years. He was actually saved under my father's ministry years ago, and he's got a, a tremendous uh, chef as Augie. And so we're going to have, we walked in there Friday as we were going to meet with him and see about signing the contract, and I said, do you know who I am? And I said, yeah. I said, you know my husband proposed to me in one of your restaurants. He said, 
what, what year was that? I said, 1980. We're going back a ways. So we've been in connection a long time. But um, anyway, so we're going to have our Christmas banquet there December the 11th at 6 o'clock. So put it on your calendar. Make plans to come. It'll be a delicious meal. We'll have music. We'll have entertainment. Our children will have some presentations. And um, we'll have a, a choir singing and, you know, different things that we got going on. It's going to be a wonderful time so you want to be there and invite your friends to come um, we were fortunate with the Hilton to keep them at that same $25 for about 10 years I don't know how we did that but now it's $50 and I said no no we're not coming so we found a better place. So Augie's food is delicious, and it'll be $30. So there you go. So I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm always trying to wheel and deal and negotiate, you know. My husband says I'm half Mexican because we eat Mexican food every day of the week for at least one meal every day. And uh, I might be a little bit Jew, too, because I'm always trying to get a good deal on everything, you know. And we are live streaming, so hopefully I'm not offending anybody. What is that? Uh, socially acceptable something, whatever. There's a term. I can't remember it, but I'm so out of the loop, I don't even know the term. But I might be in trouble. But anyway. <laughs> but we're going to have a good time, and we always do. Miss Phyllis, I am so sorry your car was vandalized last night. And what a faithful woman of God telling me you would be here today anyway, but running late. And I am so sorry. We love you, and we're praying for you. And thank you for your faithfulness in, in being here, for reaching out this morning and letting me know. We, immediately, I told Bethany we were, she was driving us over here, and we prayed for you. And uh, praying that you all that works out well as you get all your insurance and everything detailed. Uh, those details together. But it's so good to see you all here. And if you have missed, I know a few of you have had to miss. I know that the Verrettes had to be out. They had a death in their extended family and they missed. But if y'all were not here last Sunday, wow, what a service. Y'all need to talk to somebody and find out. In fact, the service was Sunday. We walked into the luncheon Monday and by the time my husband got up to one of the tables of the ladies to greet them, and they were already talking about what happened here in the service the day before. He's like, wow, and we're already gotten around. But people are excited. People want to see others delivered, others set free by the power of God. Amen. And we're a church that believes in that. I told my husband last Sunday morning, we had no idea what would happen and that there would be deliverance that was going to take place in the service. As we were in the leading worship in Gonzales, I didn't know it till Sunday night, I had an email that came in at 910 and somebody said, does your church believe in deliverance? We've been referred to your church because we have somebody that's bound and they really need deliverance. We get emails, we get phone calls, etc., all the time. And Bethany felt led of the Lord to introduce that new song last Sunday on freedom. We sang that song about freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we had freedom right here at these altars. How beautiful. And thanks to each of you for jumping in there and uh, interceding, standing with us, and, and believing for deliverance. Y'all, God's up to something amazing. 
You don't want to miss a service. You want to be right here and, and plugged in to everything God's doing. Pastor Garland, I can tell, is itching and ready to get up here right now. He's ready to go. So I don't want to take any more time. I'm not preaching today, but I'm going to preach again soon. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, y'all uh, welcome him as he's coming. Our children are dismissed with Miss Trudy for Children's Church. And um, we're going to... Oh, we didn't do the offering? Isn't that something? You don't do that? Sure. You go right ahead. And uh, I'm excited about what God's doing. It's a good day. Amen. Amen. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. The word says in Malachi chapter 3, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house to eat. Amen. You know, God, God, I think, likes to sit down and eat. He says, prove me now, hear what I say the Lord of hosts, and that I will not... Open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that your room will not be able to contain. And then he says this, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake and, and, and not cause the fruit to come before it's time. So in, in, in other words, your investments that you've made in, uh, are, are, are not going to be premature, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come in the full amount of what is intended. I got a couple of amens on that one. But anyway, you'll, you'll catch that in a little bit. So we're going to bring our tithes in and, and our offerings, and uh, we're just going to bless the Lord. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, giving is, is and offerings is a form of worship. Yes, it is. It's a form of worship. We were in, we were in the Bahamas, and, and they were taking up an offering there, and, and the band got up and began to play, and everybody was dancing it was there, as they were bringing their offerings down. And one day, we're going to have a live band in here, and then... And, uh, and, and, and then y'all going to start dancing a little bit, amen? Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can come before you and, and, and do our portion of what you require. And uh, then we know that you're going to fulfill your part. So as we're obedient to your word, Lord, we ask you right now that you begin to minister to each of us and bring back into our life, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And Lord, we worship you today in our giving, and our tithes, our offerings. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 If you would, just stand and bring your tithes and offerings forward.
tell you, um, our audio guys are doing an awesome job, aren't they? And uh, I, that, to me, that's the worst job to have in church because if there's a squeal or anything, everybody turns back and looks at them. And I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate y'all jumping in there and, and, um, and doing your thing while I do my thing. You can, pull, you can pull me out of the monitor. I don't like to hear myself. That's perfect right there. But in the house, in the house. Uh, monitors are made for singers, not for preachers, I think. But anyway, it's just a joke. Y'all didn't catch the joke. All right. Let's go. We're going to go into the Word. I'm not going to hold you long here this morning, but I do, want, I do want to go into passages in the book of Acts. Um, the, emphasis, the emphasis for the past couple of weeks has been the first century church. The first century church was a powerful church. It was, it was an interesting birthing of the church. We find in Acts chapter 1 and in Acts chapter 2, uh, the, the, Jesus speaks to the disciples before he ascends and says, go into Jerusalem and tarry until the Holy Ghost has come upon you, until you're endued with power. And, and so they did. And they didn't allow anything to distract them. Uh, many times there's a lot of distractions in life. Anybody have any distractions in life? I mean, you can wake up in the morning and you're distracted. You can go to sleep at night and you can be distracted in the middle of your sleep with dreams that, that are foolishness, you know? And so we have to take charge of that and we have to be focused on where we're going and, and being focused uh, gives us an uh, end result and not being distracted. Does it make, make sense what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I was distracted in school and, and distracted everywhere. I've, I've just been distracted in life. Uh, uh, I, I guess, you know, a rabbit runs across the road, and I want to see where that rabbit goes. But, you know, it's it just, just distractions come. But as a believer, as a believer, we can't afford to be distracted, especially in the times that we're in right now. You know, I, somebody, somebody says, are we in the end of time or end of times, you know? And, and I can't really answer that because the word says no man knows the day nor the hour when Jesus will return. But I got a feeling that he's getting closer. I got a feeling it's getting close. I got a feeling because when the word says that there'll be a day that they will call things right, wrong, and wrong, right. And when you see these signs, uh, pay attention because that's a sign of the times. And so there's a lot of signs that's going on right now. There's a lot of, of flags that are, uh, that are flying. There's a lot of things that are being exposed and coming out. And, and as believers, we need to read the signs. You know, you can get in the car and, 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 and travel, but if you don't read the signs, you might miss your exit. I don't want to miss this exit, amen? I want to, I want to make that exit. I want, to, I want to get on that road and get into the place where that when I get into uh, heaven that he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. One thing that disturbs me about that conversation in, in Scripture, it says that he will say one of two things, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. Now that bothers me. I don't, I don't want him not to know me. I want him to know me, and so I've got to live my life that he pays attention and gets to, gets to know me. Don't you want him to know you? 
You know, we sing that song, He Knows My Name. I love that song, He Knows My Name. And, you know, and that tells it all right there. He knows me. I want him to know me. Yes, and in order, in order to do that, i got to stay focused. Yes. And Paul says, unless I too become a castaway. Yes. In, other word, in other words, you can be living your life for the Lord and have one moment that messes you up. You can let one thing come into your life and it mess you up. And we see that. We see that all the time. I see that with preachers all the time. I see that with believers all the time. They, they live their life for a period of time loving the Lord, serving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and they let something come in, whether through the television, through computer, through conversation or whatever. It comes in and affects their life, and it messes them up. Yeah. I don't want to get messed up. Anybody want to get messed up? The only, only, time, only way I want to get messed up is getting messed up in the Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost, mess me up, man. In other, in other words, change me from the way I am to the way you need me to be, the way you want me to be, the way, the way I really desire to be. I don't need anything. Paul, Paul says this. He said, I, I wash my mind daily, daily, daily. In other words, we're in such a warfare, and such a battle, that if I don't stay focused and keep washing my mind of the filth that came in through whatever means it came in, right. Whew. Right. man, you don't have to turn on television. I mean, it's in commercials, it's in everything. You know, you got uh, just crazy stuff going on. That, that, that if you're not watching and you don't wash that out of your mind, right. Then somewhere along the line, that seed that was planted will ultimately drop down in your soul. When it gets in your soul, it gets real difficult to get out because your flesh now is on the side of that seed. I, I, want, I want my soul to be in such alignment with the spirit that my soul grabs a hold of the neck of my flesh and says, you're going to line up. <laughs> you're going to walk right. Amen. So that Paul describes that, from whence is this warring in my members? The things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I'm, I'm doing them all the time. Romans chapter 7. Chapter 8, you find a transition that takes place in Paul's soul and his, in his understanding. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So uh, the objective here is to get in Christ Jesus and have Jesus in us. Now, the, the, the great caveat of that is when we ask Christ into our heart that he and his father comes and makes an abode within us. So I got both of them. I got Jesus and I have the father. Now, I, I, I've got a, a one that's missing that I need in my life. And this is what Jesus was talking about to the disciples that he made such emphasis on and says, go and tarry in Jerusalem until, in other words, you don't have to stay there forever, but stay there until you've been endued with power from on high. Ooh, I'm glad I'm in a church that understands what I'm talking about here today, that I don't have to back up and explain, you know, uh, Ricky Ricardo said, I want to explain something to you, but explain something to you. Uh, that you don't have to keep going over the elementary things all the time. I, I, I don't want milk. I want meat. Anybody in here want meat? Amen. 
I brought my, my two oldest grandboys are, are staying with me, and we went to uh, Cracker Barrel last night. And so I said, what do y'all want to eat? And so one of them said, I think I'm going to get some catfish tonight. The other one said, nah, I don't know really what I want. But then when the waitress came to wait, the oldest one says, I think I want a sirloin steak. <laughs> so the little one followed suit. I want one too. I said, come on now. We're meat eaters. I want the meat of the word in my life. So when I come to church, I want some meat. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you, can go to, you can go to children's church and get you some milk. You can go you know, to a Bible study and get you some milk. But when we come here, we want some meat. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You can tell I'm hungry because I've already started talking about food, you know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, there's no, no place like New Orleans that has roast beef sandwiches. Well, you can go to St. Bernard Parish and they'll, they'll give you a run for your money because it drips down your elbow. The people watching TV, they don't know what I'm talking about. We're talking Cajun talk in here. In Acts chapter 2, it said they were all in one place, all in one accord, and then suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Amen. We need a sound from heaven. Yeah. Come on, church, we need a sound from heaven yeah. and to, to change our lives. Change our lives. Come on, Holy Spirit, begin to speak in our life. Begin to move, fill with the Holy Spirit, and begin to speak in tongues. Now, the Word tells me that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, so that means that what is displayed in the Scripture is for us today. It's not something that we take the Holy Spirit and move him off into a back room. No, I need the Holy Spirit all up in our business in here. Why? Because without the Holy Spirit, there's no revelation. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no power. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no move of God. And so I need a move of God. I need the Holy Spirit. If the 21st century doesn't have the Holy Spirit, there's not going to be a move of God. So we need a move of God. I've got to have the Holy Spirit. So I have to focus and wait on the Holy Spirit to come into my life. I keep calling on him. Holy Spirit, I need you today. I need you today. Walk with me. Talk with me. Tell me. Tell me some things, Holy Spirit. What a, what a time we're living in right now where there's shootings in schools. I need the Holy Spirit. My children need the Holy Spirit. We, we, need, we need our kids. As soon as this one gets to talking, he's going to be speaking in tongues. I tell you, all of them. They need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's on them now. But they need to recognize it's in them, that it's there for them to give them revelation. Give them revelation of what? First off, give you revelation of the Word, something that's hidden. The Word says that the gospel has mysteries, that the kingdom of God. So I've got to uncover the mystery. I've got to uncover, uh, uncover the hidden things. And the only way that I can uncover that is to have the Holy Spirit reveal to me. Come on, Holy Spirit, reveal to us. But also he reveals to us of things to come. He reveals, he forewarns us of dangers. So I, I need the Holy Spirit in my life and in my children and in my grandchildren to reveal to them a danger that might be lurking around the corner. 
And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about your, 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 your granola bar Christian. I'm not talking about your, the flakes and nuts now. Because you, you, you start talking about the Spirit, then all the flakes and nuts start coming out. I'm talking about having a foundation in the Word of God that when the Spirit speaks, you know His voice. And, and, and the Word says the steps of a righteous man is ordered by the Lord. So when I hear an order, I've got to line it up with the Word of God to verify what Spirit, try the Spirit that's speaking. And I need to know His voice. And then when I start praying, that, that, that a person that is filled with the Spirit, the word, says, the word says this, that the effectual fervent prayers, the effectual fervent prayers, in other words, when I'm bar- bombarding the gates of hell or, or bombarding the gates of heaven or I'm bombarding those things that are coming against me or, or things that I need in my life, I'm, I, I'm fervently working that. Effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. In other words, if we take that and reduce it down, there's some people's prayers is not being answered. And they don't know why it's being answered, why it's not being answered. Well, it could be that they might be in wrong standing or not good standing, or but the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So, so we want this church to be so on fire and so fervently praying that our prayers are being answered because we're in right standing with God. Amen? Somebody comes in off the streets and sit anywhere amongst us that they feel the power of God when they sat down or before they sat down, they felt it when they walked in the room. So in order to do that, we need to have the Holy Spirit come into this place. And how does the Holy Spirit come in? As soon as we open the door and walk in, we're carriers of the presence of God. David was trying to get the presence of God back in Israel. You know, you, you know the, the story? Uh, uh, he went to go get the Ark of the Covenant back from the Philistines, and he built a card, made a fine card, got it to Nacon's threshing floor, and it began to shake. Ahel reaches up to Uzzah, one of them reached up to stabilize the cart, and he was smitten dead. David was trying to get the presence of God, but didn't know how. Come on. So the ark goes to Obadiah's house, and the word says everything that pertained to the house of Obadiah was blessed. It tells us a story in that story that if you have the presence of God in your house, Your house is going to be blessed. If the Holy Spirit is in me, if the presence of God is in me, I can't help but be blessed going in and blessed coming out. I can't help but have a double portion of God's Spirit upon my life. Come on, somebody say amen in here. So so when I'm looking at the Word of God, the Word of God should should cause something to leap inside of me. I'm not with my notes today. I'm I'm just not, I've got notes, but I'm not staying with my notes because something else is stirring. (laughs) I got some references here, but you know, when the Holy Spirit begins to move, we just got to go with it. And so so David inquired, he said, how how can I get the presence of God? So so he goes to the scribes, goes to the Levites. They said, hey, the only way you're going to get it in here is to carry the presence. We are 
carriers of the presence of God. So we need to put our priestly robe on. We need to put our kingly robes on. We need to put our prophet robe on. Where it says, above all, seek to prophesy. You need to start prophesying. Prophesy to yourself. Start speaking to yourself. Start talking to the, to the darkness that's surrounding your life and say, darkness, you've got to go. And start demonstrating the power in your life. You don't, you, you don't, you, you, if, if you're in tune and you're in the flow, you don't, you don't need people uh, praying for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I want people praying for me. I think, it's, I think it's very vital that we have people praying for us. I, I want people praying for me, but when I don't have anybody praying for me, I take charge of myself. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's telling, Paul is telling us how we need to deal with ourselves. Oh, if I could just if I could just get to somebody where they could pray for me. Okay, that's good. That's wonderful. It's great. Get somebody to pray for you. Get somebody to agree with you. Well, one could put a thousand in flight, two could put ten thousand in flight. It's scriptural. It's scriptural. It's there. The basis for it is all in the word of God. But if I can't find somebody to agree with me, I better be on point with myself. And it needs to start with you before you involve somebody else in there anyway. That makes sense here. I got a grandson agreeing with me over here. He's singing. He's singing with me right now. So, so anything that comes into my mind, I got to evaluate it. Is it of God or not of God? Is, is that influenced by God or is that influenced by a worldly system, a, a demonic power? In the times that we're living in today, you don't know who's doing what. I was talking to one of the bishops that's involved in our life, and he was saying, you know, over in Ghana, he said, not just the prophets, but the believers. The believers are so tuned into the realms of the spirit that when somebody walks in the room, they know their profile. Not, 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 not just knowing the individuals that, oh, hey, Sam, how you doing? Hey, George, how you doing? Hey, hey Glenda, how you doing? All this kind of stuff. No, it's, it's knowing them by the spirit, and they know them by name when they walk in the door. Why? I said, well, why, why is that the necessity? Why is that there? It's because the, the attack that's coming against the believers, they got to know the people and the intentions of the people that are walking in the room. It sounds almost like that. That's what we need here in America, that we need to know and understand the people that come around us. Know those that labor among you. Know those that come around your life. And I'm challenging you, if others can do this, we can do it too. If God can use others, he can use us too. But we've got to find the place to get into that dimension that we be able, are able to see and hear and understand what the Spirit is saying to the church. Yeah. Through revelations, you, you, you read and he says, hey, I got a few things against you. Oh, you've done some good works, done some good things, but, but because you've tolerated this witch Jezebel, man, I don't want to be that church. I want to be the church that's full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want to be the church that's moving in miracles, moving in, in deliverance, moving in the presence of God, seeing people healed, seeing people delivered, seeing miracles all the time. We should see them all the time. Isn't that what happened in the book of Acts? They came out of the upper room. So Acts chapter 2 is the anchor point for the believer. 
It's where we set our anchor at. If I can have the Holy Spirit operating and working in my life, and the way that I have it operating and working is I ask him, I submit myself to him, he fills me, he charges me, and I leave out of that place to minister to those he puts in my path. But I don't leave the Holy Spirit in the room. I take the Holy Spirit with me. And when I take the Holy Spirit with me, I can walk by a gate called beautiful in front of a, a religious facade. And as people are just going through the motions of, of religion and sustaining people from day to day, I can move into a dimension that says silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. And they took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and his ankle bones were strengthened that very moment. Then he went jumping and leaping and praising God. That sounded like a good song. Jumping and leaping and praising God. Jumping and leaping and praising God. Oh, come on. If we had some music in here, we'd get, we'd get something going here. But, but here they go. He's jumping and leaping and praising God. And all the people that was giving him a tip along the way. There's a lot of people want to give you tips. A lot of people want to tell you something. Well, you know, it's not all about that. It's not, yeah, you know, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to be so loud. You, don't have, you know what? You do you, boo. I'm going to do me. And if God begins to stir, I'm going to start jumping and leaping and praising God. Ooh. When the Holy Ghost comes, when the Holy Ghost moves, you can't help but jump and leap and praise God. It wasn't making any sense. Y'all gonna make my ribs hurt today. I, I feel it coming on. But it, it, and so, so they received a lot of confrontation. And the confrontation was really not from the world. The confrontation came from the church, from the religious crowd. So when you start studying and looking at those that were filled with the Holy Spirit and those that were religious, non-filled, you begin to find a critical spirit, and then you begin to find a doing spirit. <laughs> well, you can have faith and not do, but the word says be doers of the word, not hearers only. There are those that are hearers, but they don't do. We want to hear. What is it in, in 3 John? It says, we have heard the word, we have seen the word, and now we have handled it with our hands. There's three stages here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then all of a sudden, testimony comes, and you start seeing the great and marvelous works of God. When they came out of the upper room, they started speaking in tongues before the people, and the people were saying, they're speaking in our language, language about the goodness of God. So as a church, we should be operating in the goodness of God. We should be operating in a, in a realm that, that, that is bringing healing and deliverance to people and, and causing miracles to change the lives of people. The greatest miracle you can have in your life is salvation. Yeah. Amen? Amen? When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, old things are passed away. Who can make old things pass away? You can't. Uh, none of us can. We keep dragging them around. But when Jesus comes into our heart, old things have passed away. All things have become new. I got a new lease on life. Today's a new day. A new beginning begins to take place in my life when I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. <sighs> so we see throughout Scripture, in, especially in the book of Acts, the power of God operating and working. I want to go to chapter 13 of, of Acts and, and begin to read something to you here 
of what was taking place in the times where Paul comes in in chapter 10, you begin the 10 and 11, you begin to see some transformation happening in Paul's life. You see in Acts where that the scales came off of Paul's eyes as Ananias spoke and said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, the power. When you, when, just for a moment, just for a moment, would you have liked to have been in that room with Ananias and Paul? Oh, I, I would have loved to have heard the conversation. I would have loved to have heard instructions. I would have loved, and then he says, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost came upon Saul, which is Paul, and scales came off of his eyes, and he was able to see something he'd never seen before. And then from that moment, he began to walk in a dimension that he had never walked in before. He went from a place of killing Christians to a place of bringing people to become Christians. He goes from place to place teaching. He's one of the most prolific writers in the New Testament that begins to explain how we need to live our life, what we need to do, how I can transform myself. And he's telling us we need to wash our mind on a daily basis. We, we need to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We need to do all these things. He gives us and equips us with a, a toolbox, if you will, that has such weaponry in it that I can walk a successful believer's life. I can be a Christian. I can be one that's walking without sin. You say, well, that's, that's pretty arrogant to say walking without sin. I believe there's a place we can get to that we're walking in the realms of the spirit where sin don't dwell. <sighs> Come on, I got one believer in here. It says in verse 1, now there... There were in a church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers and as Barnabas and Simon that was called uh, Niger and, and Lucas and Cyrene and, and Manon and it goes on and begins to talk about it. Verse 12, it says, uh, 2, it says, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul and uh, for the work whereunto I have called them. You find, find that these people were entering into a place that Fasting was on their agenda. Praying and ministering to the Lord was their agenda. When is the last time you ministered to the Lord? Amen. Instead of coming to him and saying, I need, 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 I want, I want, I want. When's the last time you went into his presence and I just want to come and tell you, man, you smell good today. You're wonderful today. You're beautiful today. Without you, I have no breath. Without you, I have no being. I need you in my life. I want you in my life. Why? Because you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. I need your presence in my life. Without you, I have no life. Lord, don't take your presence from me. Don't remove that. That's what David cried out. Don't take your presence from me. So they ministered unto the Lord. They fasted, and the Holy Ghost began to speak. Let me tell you, if, if you're not being stirred with the Holy Spirit in your normal prayer life, it might mean that you need to fast a little bit to break some things down in your soul that you don't need there, that you're not aware of being there because of life has dictated to you so long that you have taken it on and you said this is normal and everybody's like this. You know, this is, this is, this is interesting, comical in one way, 
But when you see people being moved on by the Spirit, they think everybody's like them. So you need to listen to their message because their message goes to everybody else. But not everybody else is wrestling with the same thing you're wrestling with. It's going to be something different. But the Holy Ghost in the same message can talk to all of us and convict us where we are so that I can be free from what I'm dealing with. Is this making any sense? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've just been interrupted by the Holy Spirit there just for a moment. Verse 6 says, And when they had gone through the Isles of Patmos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet. A certain sorcerer, a false prophet. So your tea leaf readers, your tarot card readers, your seance people are in the same classification as a false prophet. They, they, will, they will speak things to you under, under the influence of a familiar spirit, yeah. not of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Am I making any sense what I'm saying here? Anything else out from under that becomes witchcraft. Come on. And I'll take it even a little bit greater step. There's some people that know how to operate in the gifts but don't know the word. There's some people that know the word and don't operate in the gifts. And you can operate in the gifts without the word and cause your gift to be a manipulation point to manipulate people. At that point, it becomes witchcraft. So there's a lot of people that's operating in witchcraft inside the church because they become manipulators. So as believers, the word tells us that in the last days, the most elect will be deceived. The Holy Spirit cannot be deceived. So if I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, understanding the depths of the word, I'm not going to be deceived. In fact, I'll be able to see through the things that are being promoted. There's times when I'm in services with people I'm listening to and I get sick to my stomach. And it's not because of what's being said. It's because the spirit is riding on it. Now look, look here. And I'm not saying I've arrived or anything. I'm just saying I've, I've, I've had a lot of experience with, with this. And it says, uh, and they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius, Paul, Paulus, and a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So, so, so here, you, here you have the deputy of the country that has called Paul uh, Silas to come, uh, Barnabas and Saul to come over and deliver a word of God that he wanted to hear. But the sorcerer, which had control in that dimension or in that region, was opposing him from hearing the word of the Lord. Boy, is that not how the devil works today? That, that he doesn't want people to hear the word of the Lord. Why? Because it's the word of the Lord that sets people free. It's the word of the Lord that sets the captives free. It's one word that needs it, redirects my life. It's just one word that brings healing into my being. It's just one word that turns me around and sets me on that place where I need to run. Yes. One word from the Lord changes your life. Yes. 
I'm going to tell you there's scriptures. There's just one scripture that has changed my life. I can read the whole book, but I can go through and tell you certain scriptures that mean so much to me that I can tell you I can hang my life on that scripture and understand that there's that word that saved my life. Come on. That's why, that's why I can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. That's one of those hooks I hang my life on right there. Why? Because early, early in my walk, I began to understand that God's not going to do everything for me. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly with what I'm saying, but when Paul begins to disclose and he begins to say, yeah, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of the way we think. Stronghold. Stronghold is not the end result of what we look at and see. The alcoholism, the addictions, the various different. That's the end result of what, what is coming forth from the heart, from the soul, from the mind. The way that people think. That if I can change the way I think, I can change the outcome of my life. So Paul said, take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ and cast down imagination and anything that exalts itself against the word of God. And if you're not studying the word, you don't have any element inside of you for the Holy Spirit to work and bring back to your remembrance the word that you studied. So as a result of it, we have a weak and impotent church. And I'm talking in general. We have, that's what we have here in America. You go into third world countries and they have, they have no fear of dealing with witches, warlocks and all that, all that kind of stuff. They have no fear uh, that God's not going to heal. He's not going to deliver. They know he's going to deliver. They know he's going to heal. Why? Because they're so focused and they're united. So one of the key elements is right before they went into the upper room or right as they're going in. If you look at it, we focus on and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. But what caused the suddenly to happen? They were all in one place and they were all in unity together. They all had one mind. They all on one course. They were all focused. They were all coming from different backgrounds, from different ways of thinking, from different understanding, different teachings in their life, had different families, different uh, uh, principles that they had. But one thing that they focused on... The Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to stay here till I get him. I'm going to stay here till the Holy Spirit comes in my life and makes a distinct difference before I go out that door. So if you have a mindset to stay focused on receiving the Holy Spirit, whether you're in your car, whether you're in your shower, whether you're sleeping in your bed, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, whether wherever, wherever, wherever you are, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. They were all in one place, all in one mind. They were all united together, and they began to move out as a body. And when they came out the upper room, the 120 turned into 1,000, turned into 3,000, turned into 5,000 that some of the historians that I've been reading about says just in a short period of time that there were over 10,000 believers that was added to the church after that the, at, that the upper room experience began to take place and they came out of the upper room. Hmm. 
And we're wanting to fill churches with programs. We want to fill churches by the things we do, by the lights, the fog machines, all these kind of stuff. What happens when they get tired of the fog machine? They get tired of your music. They get tired of all the antics that you're doing. They're trying to compete with the world. What do you turn to? Listen, we got to start with the Holy Spirit, and we need to end with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our life, in our world. It doesn't matter. We don't have to have a song. We don't have to have a string. We don't have to have a keyboard. We don't have to. All, all we need is a willing heart to move into a place. We have been so spoiled and so, so schooled on what we're supposed to have before we can have a move of God's Spirit. I never move of God's Spirit in my car. I never move of God's spirit in the shower. I can never move of God. It depends on your heart. It doesn't, and, and, and what's happened is we've trained people to think this is what we got to have. I don't have to, I can go on the street and have a move of God's spirit. We can be at work and have a move of God's spirit. We can be at school and have a move of God's spirit. I began to prophesy to a young man at, at, at church in, in, in Gonzales this morning. I said that, that God's going to give you dreams and give you answers for, for, for other students in your class. And you're going to start prophesying and speaking uh, into their life. And you're going to start changing their life. And they're going to start bringing their family saying, what's going on? Why? Because we got little Samuels that are being raised up. We got little prophets that are being raised up. We got people that are having an influence of the Holy Spirit upon their life. And they're not going to turn it loose. Come on. Why not me? Why not you? Why not be used by the Holy Spirit? So here they, here they go into this place, and now, and now a, a, uh, a sorcerer is coming. Yeah. No, funny, my scripture changed here. I'm going right back to it. There's a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was, was uh, with the deputy of the country, Sargius, and a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elmas, the sorcerer, for so his name was interpretation, withstood, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So where are we in our world right now? We have political leaders that are going to start inquiring of the word of the Lord. And the sorcerers are going to try to turn them away. Why? Because they think that they rule right now. Then Saul, who was also called Paul. Oh, some Pauls are fixing to start rising. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Here's the answer. Here's the key. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Child of the devil. Thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind. Ooh. If we were to start operating in the measure of the early church, the first century church, respect would come back to the church. 
I'm not talking about the religious order. I'm talking about the believers that are full of the Holy Ghost. And it would get out about and people would begin to inquire and begin to call people to a city to receive a word from the city and uh, from the Lord. And, and the sorcerers that have control over the city would try to run them off and try to keep them from receiving the word. Why? Because they know that when the word of the Lord is spoken, that cities, states, nations are set free from the bondage of principalities, power, Ephesians 6.12, principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness that, are, that is in high places. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. In other words, he's, he, he's saying, I'm going to give enough grace and enough mercy that you're not going to be blind the rest of your life. But I'm going to give you an opportunity that you're not going to see anything because what you're seeing now is wrong. Isn't this interesting that Paul, going blind for a season, now has the power and authority to speak blindness on another for a season, for a purpose. The things that you have gone through in your life when you come through, it gives you the authority to have rule over that. So if sickness has been what's been plaguing you, when you come through it, you have authority over sickness. When financial issues, you come through it and you're up on top of the hill on the other side. Now you have power and authority over finances. Not seeing for a season, and immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then look at this. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, when there's opposition that comes, then God ups the ante. I call you a miracle. He's not calling them a miracle. For you card players, you understand what I'm talking about. I call you now, and I raise you a miracle. And he be, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord, now when Paul and the company loosed from, from Patmos, they came to per Perga, and, and John and departing from them and returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Persia, Perga, uh, they came to Antioch and, and went into the synagogues on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after reading of the law and of the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Wow. It's not supposed to just happen in the church. It's supposed to happen outside the church. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm challenging all of us. I'm, I'm challenging you school teachers. I'm, I'm challenging you carpenters, your doctors, your Lord. I'm challenging you to get so filled with the Holy Ghost that you make such an impact in the city that the city starts calling for the elders of the church to come and give a word to the city because it's in need. Yes, 
Boy, New Orleans needs a, a word of the Lord. New Orleans needs something to change. But, but, but we've got to deal with the principalities and the power that they have submitted themselves to. And, and as a rule of that, as a church being filled with the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost and our feet are planted on the ground, that's my territory. Because every place your feet should tread upon, that's your territory. So when we leave this place, and we all can't go into the same place, but every place your feet shall tread. Whether you're going into St. Bernard Parish, whether you're going into Harvey, whether you're going into Slidell, whether you're going into New Orleans, whether you're going to the Irish Channel, whether you're going to Harahan, wherever you're going, if it's Jefferson Parish, wherever your feet shall tread upon, that's your territory to take for the kingdom of God. And that's the place where you start tearing down principalities, power, and spiritual wickedness. But know this, they're going to be upset with you. And every witch and warlock's gonna come out of the woodwork. But when they start chanting, you start praying in the Holy Ghost. Go on and bring me your chant. Shanda Bahoso Tora Bakatara Monday. We had a warlock come into the church when we was on a Legion field. He come in, I knew what he was doing, I knew what was going on. I'm preaching. I, I put the microphone down and, and I laid it on the front row. I marched down the side row and I walked up to him. I said, hey, my name is Garland. He said, my name is John. I said, I know what you're here for. And he kind of looked at me kind of, and I said, you can chant. You can do whatever you want. You can do your incantations, whatever you want. I said, just don't disturb the people around you, okay? And he looked at me like, where'd this preacher come from? I said, but I'm going to tell you, my God is bigger than your God. My daddy, bigger than your daddy. And I marched right back up to the front. I grabbed the microphone. I started preaching again. We had a man come in in a wheelchair. His wife, his daughter rolled him in. He came up to the altar. I laid hands on him and his feet began to bounce on the, on the, on the uh, wheelchair. And before long, they're bouncing up and down like that. Mama's crying, the daughter's crying. I said, what's going on? Said he ain't moved anything from his waist down for 13 years. And now we're looking at his feet jumping and bouncing on there. I said, oh. I looked up and I saw John standing in the back. He's looking to see what's happening. Remember, my God's bigger than your God. My daddy, bigger than your daddy. Can I brag on him just a little bit? Can I brag on our Heavenly Father? Can I brag on what God is doing? Can I brag on what the Holy Spirit wants to do? You see, there's no weapon formed against us that's going to prosper. There's no witch. There's no soothsayer. I'm stirring it up now. There's no soothsayer. There's nothing that can come against you that can war against you and bring you down if you're walking up right before God, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I hear them, I hear them, but that's okay. I know how to fast. I know how to pray. I know how to get in the presence of God. I ain't worried about it. Bring it, baby. Bring it, and we're going to see what God's going to do. Amen? We're going to see what God's going to do. You say, well, you're getting a little bit proud up there, getting a little bold. No, I'm just bragging on my God. 
I'm bragging on my Jesus, what he did. He washed my sins away. He caused me to become clean inside. All the weights of the world lifted off of my shoulder. I now received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm a tongue talker, but I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in dimensions that I can't walk in my natural man and seeing things that I can't do in my natural, in my natural mean. But by the Holy Spirit, we can lay hands on people and they shall recover. We can speak a word of God that brings deliverance to people. Come on, somebody. I feel a Dale Gentry anointing coming on right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet with me this morning? I thank all of you that are watching by television, means, or whatever, YouTube, Facebook, uh, whatever it might be. You need to get over here where the presence is and get in the service here. Uh, we just have fun in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We have rules and regulations according to the Word of God. Amen. We're not going to have no crazy fire around here, but we're going to have a move of God's Spirit. Amen. We love you and appreciate you and thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon. Whew.